You are now listening to an Average Joe Media production. I guess I feel like I'm somebody My life is my kid, so I tell about it And I swear it's all about that Baby daddy, I ain't a baby daddy I ain't a baby daddy Baby daddy, baby daddy I ain't a baby daddy I ain't a baby daddy Baby daddy Welcome to another episode of the Baby Daddy Chronicles. This is Teroy here, your future baby daddy. And uh, first of all, <laughs> why are you cracking up? <laughs> future baby daddy. Yeah. Um, and today, I have my father on. A husband, a dad, an uncle, an educator. How you doing today? I'm doing great. Future baby daddy. Yo, you just, I don't, you just, I don't understand why you be hating so much, you know, like. Yo, man, I'm just like, you know, future baby daddy, yeah, okay? future baby daddy, I ain't got no kids yet. I know, it <laughs> just sounds strange. Future <laughs> baby daddy. Um, Before we get into it, man, uh, how's your mental doing? How's your mental health? How's it what? Your mental health. I don't know. I you don't know. Right. You know, you and all your mental health be like, oh my God. Listen, you know, I'm old school. We do what we do. You go see a therapist. I am the therapist. Oh, Lord. This is toxic already. (laughs) This is toxic. I am the therapist. The views of my dad does not reflect the views of the Baby Daddy Chronicles podcast. All right. I am my therapist. I'm a therapist for me. Lord. When I need to cheer something, cheer me up, I'll cheer me up. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Um, Okay. What you got for me? A few things. Let's start with this. Um, what is the most rewarding thing about being a dad? The most rewarding thing is in being a dad is raising your kids up so that they can grow up and hopefully do better than what you did. Mm-hmm. That's it? Yeah. Okay. I mean, I can give you more if yeah, you want. Yeah, give me more. Let's go in depth. Well, also growing them up so they can raise their families, they treat people right, Um Keeping themselves out of jail, <laughs> raising their kids properly the way they should be. Um, you know, all of those things that people, that most parents want their kids to be. I mean, most of the time, the parents, I won't say all the time, I'll say most of the time, parents sacrifice so that hopefully their kids will have a better life uh-huh. than they do. And in particular, I'll speak for the african-american and maybe the hispanic community because as uh being multicultural in this country sometimes it's a lot more difficult for us even though a lot of people don't think that but it's a lot more difficult for us and so um those parents raising their kids up that's what they want that's why a lot of times parents are kind of keen on individuals going to college because they understand the importance of education even though i will say as an educator i'm not one of those educators that says you to go to college um you know if if you're good at a trade if you can you know how to fix cars and build houses do you you know whatever can help you put money in your pocket um what are some of the um what do you remember most about your dad uh my dad was the quiet type so opposite of you I mean, I think I think over the years you've Possibly. gotten over the years you've gotten more quieter. But when I was younger, you never. Well, really yeah, because you know y'all grown now, so I let y'all live your life. I don't try to jump in unless you want me to jump in. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, all y'all late twenties, you make mistakes. You got to learn from the mistakes. That's all. Okay, back to my original question. What do you remember most about Grandpa? <laughs> 
I said he was quiet. Oh, okay, you did um, say that. You know, wanted see. My dad was the type. He was. Um, he went to school to be a plumber. Really? Yeah. Matter he, of fact, he, he went had, to college or trade school. Trade school oh, to okay. be a plumber. So he was a plumber, but because of racism back then, um, he couldn't get any jobs. Uh-huh. And so he had to feed his family. And so he went into the trucking business. And so he became. He like was a, a trucker? CDO? No, he wasn't a trucker. He was more like an administrator at a trucking company. Okay. So he was kind of like the lead person to make sure that all of the stuff got on the, got in the trailers and the, and the trucks went out on time, that type of thing. Okay. So, you know, he, he ran into some issues. He ran into racism, you know, back in the day, but you know, that didn't stop him from doing what he needed to do. And along with my mom, they worked on helping us do what we need to do to be successful. If, there was one thing that you could take that your dad instilled in you that you tried to instill in us. What would that be? Chill. Be cool. Yeah, My dad are. ain't let nothing bother him. Yeah, you are. Really. You know, uh, life is too short. And in a lot of times what happens with people, and I tell Rochelle the same thing, you know, get into an argument and I'm like, is this really going to make the difference like a week from now? Because a lot of times we argue over stuff that's not even that important. And so, you know, that's the thing that, that I learned from him is that, hey, listen, every now and then he'd get upset. A few times I saw him get upset, but not a lot. Uh-huh. And, you know, I try to live my life like that. I don't try to get upset too much unless your mom gets on my nerves, you know, or something <laughs> along that line. That's almost every day. <laughs> but, you know, I'm still chill with that mm-hmm. because a lot of times getting all bent out of shape, it ain't worth it. What um what are some of the traditions that your father passed on, that grandpa passed on to you, that you passed on to us? Traditions? If, if any. Um... One, we would go on vacation. We did that a lot when we were younger. Now, vacation might be going to visit your relative in Virginia, but it was vacation. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, You know, we celebrated birthdays. Uh, I don't know if there were a whole lot of traditions. I mean, we just lived a normal life. I mean, the, the other thing that, that uh that happened was that my parents made sure that we knew who our relatives were, who our cousins were, and so you know we would go visit them on a regular basis, whoever they were, you know, um, I'll visit all her. Well, on my mom's side, visit all her brothers and sisters. Most of them lived nearby, but some of them lived like one of them lived in Virginia. Um, we would go visit all my dad's relatives. Like he had a sister that lived in Albany, New York, and his other sister lived in Philadelphia. Another one lived in Atlantic City. We would go visit all of them mm-hmm. all the time, or they would be coming to our house. So just knowing knowing who your relatives are, staying close to them, which is a little bit more difficult for us now because most of the relatives on my mom's side are in New Jersey, and um, – of course, my brother's relatives, some of them live here in Florida, and now he's moved to Florida, uh, which makes it a little bit easier. But um, that was, the, I think those were some of the major traditions. Vacations, we would go on vacation, even though, you know, it wasn't like it was a cruise or anything along that line. It was just going to visit people, making sure you knew who your relatives were. And then the, the other thing that I really remember is just respecting your elders. Mm-hmm. That was one of the things they, they ain't play, you know, you must respect your elders. And so, um, of course, I can remember one time I used to sing in the gospel choir back in high school. And I made the mistake of, well, the gospel choir was, was singing at our church. And our church was probably like a five-minute walk from our house. So we always had a certain decorum to wear or a color to wear. And so I think the color was red. And I didn't know what the color was. So I just put on blue. 
So everybody else had red on and I had blue on. And so, you know, we're about to start. So I couldn't go home. And this was before the age of cell phone and social media and all that other type stuff. And so, you know, the, the concert's over and I'm walking back to my walking back to my house. And as soon as I get in the door, my mom is saying, how come you were wearing a blue shirt and everybody else was wearing a red shirt? I'm like, hold up. How you know? My aunt was at the concert. She went up into the pastor's office, used his phone to call my mom and tell her I was out of out of um, I wasn't wearing the right color. I'm like, dang. But that's how our family was. I mm-hmm. mean, they looked out for each other. And, of course, it wasn't like I was going to say anything to my aunt. Like, you know, couldn't you be quiet and not say anything to my mom? But, mm-hmm. you know, that's the way it was. Um, What were some of the hardest moments that you've had about being a father? The hardest moments? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> The hardest moments is having to change y'all's diapers all the time. Because <laughs> <laughs> your mom acted like she couldn't do it because it would cause her to choke. And so <laughs> then I would end up doing it. But I think some of the other hardest times were when I was working on this degree. And so, you know, I'm working on the degree. I'm also working full time. I walk in the house and your mom is like, okay, they're yours. I'm like. Shoot, I got to study. But, you know, I did what I needed to do, put y'all to bed, and then I went to study. So there were many a night that I went home or went to work the next day with bags under my eyes because I didn't get much sleep. But, you know, that's just the way it is. But other than that, what was the question again? Um, What was some of the hardest moments so far? Those was probably some of the hardest. And then when y'all would act up, those would, would be the hard, hard things. But, you know, it's... That's just part of growing up. When Grandpa was alive, did you go to him a lot when when we were younger about advice, or you just kind of figured it out? Mm, both. I kind of figured it out every now and then. I'd ask him, or he'll give me some advice or something along that line. Do you remember uh, some of the advice that he gave you? Nah, bro. I mean, we're no. talking like yeah, no. we're talking about thirty years ago. Thirty-ish. <laughs> <laughs> Thirty-two, but you know the examples were, and, and I think that's why I didn't need a lot of advice because I was able to go back and look. And some of the examples were, you know, you do what you do to take care of your family, mm-hmm. you know, and, and you protect your children, but you also don't get all up in their business. Yeah, you do a good job. I, I would say you do a good job of that. You do a very good job. Well, that's of that. because y'all grown. You know, if you want to act a fool. Act a fool. Just don't call me to bail you out from acting a fool. That's all. And I mean, because, you know, most adults know the difference between right and wrong. And it's just a matter of whether you're going to do it or not. And so if you don't do it, then you got to pay the consequences. Now, what those consequences are, that's what you will find out. But, you know, that's one of the things I learned that, you know, you live your life. However it is you want to live it. But get in trouble i'm probably not the one to call to get the bail out yeah and i would i would i would never call y'all yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i call everybody else but y'all i'd be like yeah i will call manny first we'll call some other friends first but i definitely wouldn't call y'all because you know mom got eight million questions and then she'd be of like course. nah she'll talk I, mean, I got two minutes she'll talk to you for five and then be like no just wasting my time well you know i mean if you're gonna get in trouble and you want us to bail you out, you know, of course, we're going to want to know, what are we bailing you out from? Now, you know, it could be a situation where maybe you get in trouble and it's really not your fault. We'd probably come to your defense then, you know, like if we have to get an attorney or something along that line, we might help you out with that. But, you know, basically, you know, our whole philosophy is, hey, we taught you what to do. And I think that's it with all parents in that teaching their kids the the things that they know they should be doing, how they should be in um, being adults. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, like I said, kids decide once you grow up 
you decide whether you're going to follow those rules or whether you're not. And, you know, you an adult. You do you. Do you have um, any regrets about being a dad? Regrets? Yeah, no. like, was there, do, you, do you have any regrets in, along your lines of parenting, do you have any regrets? Mm, no, not really. No, I don't have any regrets. I mean, you know, we did the best that we could. Um, and so, you know, there were situations where, like, for example, you were getting ready to go into a high school that we didn't really want you to go into. And so I made the decision that we're going to move. That, oh, that's why I moved. That's why we moved. Well, you mean for middle, cause I was about to be in middle school. Was it middle school? Yeah. Oh, I thought it was high school. No, nah, it was middle school. Oh, yeah. It's middle school yeah. as well as, you know. I, I wanted more space because, mm-hmm. you know, you guys, right at, at the time, all y'all were, what we had, all y'all were in one bedroom. Yeah. So we eventually moved to a bigger house where each one of you had a bedroom. So, but, you know, those were things that, you know, we made a determination that that's what we wanted to do. And so, well, I feel it worked out. What are some of the joys of parenting? Well, some of the joys of seeing your kids grow up, um, you know, become something of themselves. It's interesting because uh, Uncle Marshall and I went to a game, football game recently. We were just sitting there talking, and one of the things we said is that both his kids and my kids, they all hustlers. They all hustle. You know, they hustle to get what they need. You know, they ain't going to sit around being lazy, and, you know, they're going to come up with ideas you know, become entrepreneurs. Especially the little one, boy. <laughs> the youngest one. <laughs> hey, you know, I think, you know, the key is you set goals for yourself. Yeah. And uh, it's the same thing I tell my students. If you set goals for yourself and you write them down and you look at them on a regular basis, that's going to keep you focused on reaching those goals. And so in reaching those goals, then you're on your way to, to doing something. But, you know, a lot of times what happens is people don't have goals, and so they're just all over the place. Mm-hmm. You, know, you got to be, like, laser-focused. You got to be focused in on what it is that you want to do, how you plan on getting there. And, you know, you just got to keep grinding, like jo- the word term that, that Joshua uses, until you get there. And it might not happen overnight. More than likely, it won't happen overnight. But if you keep striving toward it, it will, it will happen mm-hmm. eventually. Um, do you think today's fathers have it easier or harder? Oh, than... harder. Explain. You got so much social media out there. Mm-hmm. You got so much, I mean, it's unthinkable now. Like when I was growing up, never would we thought that we would be in school and someone would come into school and start shooting at people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, really? Or... You in a store or a drugstore or a supermarket and just people come in and start shooting. That didn't happen back in our day. And so that makes it even more difficult so that when your child is leaving to go out, you just praying that every that they'll come back in one piece. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, and, and then there wasn't as much death of young people back during our time. Like I can remember... I think I remember maybe one person dying when I was in high school. And then I can remember maybe one person in our high school that got pregnant while we were in high school. Yeah, that's like almost everyday thing now. Thank you. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, things were a little bit calmer. So then. back back then, was there still like a lot of young pregnancies or everybody waited till they, till they were older? Well, if they were pregnant, I didn't know about it. Mm-hmm. You know, I knew of one. That's it. I ain't know of any others. What pressures did you experience growing up as somebody's son? Pressures? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Pressure. I think pressure was uh, doing well in school because my mom was an educator, and I wasn't necessarily the smartest person, so I had to study. Um, I remember <laughs> I remember playing. Uh, I, was going, I was supposed to go out for the freshman basketball team. My, my grades were bad. So my parents didn't let me go out. That was embarrassing because everybody wanted to know how come I wasn't going out for the basketball team because they mm-hmm. knew I'd have been the starting point guard. 
And I had to tell them that. Parents didn't let me go because of my grades. So I had to make sure I kept the grades up so I could play. Was um, when you were, when you finally got into sports, were your parents involved, or were you kind of like kind of like on your own? Like, did uh, grandma, and grandpa go to your games, or they just dropped you off and mm, let you do? do your yeah, thing? they kind of just dropped me off. I mean, my dad was working at night, mm-hmm. so he couldn't do it. My mom was a teacher, so by the time she got home, and see, I think the difference for us was back in high school, our most of our games were right after school. Mm, okay. So most of our games started at like 3.30. So the varsity game started like at 3.30 or 4 o'clock, and then the JV game started right after that. So, I mean, my dad didn't go to work till 2, so that was out. So in mm. order for him to come to the game, he had to take the day off. So he came to, I think he came to like two of my games. He took the day off. Um, I think my senior year, my first game, and you might have come to another game somewhere during that time. But most of the time, they didn't come. How important is it to believe in your kids and um, support them? Oh, it's very important. Because if you, if, if you don't support them, then who does? Hmm. Um, and so they need to know that there's someone there that they can go to, that they can talk to, that knows they got their, got their back. Now, you know. In having their back, that don't mean that, because a lot of times, many parents think that their kids are like angels. They can do no wrong. I ain't going that far. You know, when they wrong, they wrong. <laughs> but, but you know, if they, you still need to support them, you still need to encourage them. Um, I, I, I'm thinking right now about Josh. He was in the IB program, and I'm trying to tell him, Josh, you can do this, Okay. And Josh was like, oh, it's so hard. I can't do it. It's so hard. But he could have done it. At the end of the day, he ended up doing it. But by then, he was so far behind that he eventually they wouldn't let him continue the second year. Mm-hmm. Then in hindsight, he said, yeah, man, I wish I had done that IB. Uh, yeah, because you would have had probably 60 credits done. You'd have been halfway through your um, bachelor's degree. But, you know, you live and you learn. I will say that was – um. That was one thing that you were very good at in, in regards to us in sports. You was there almost everything. Like I remember uh, um, one particular game. I think it was the year Manny won the championship, and I lost like the game before the championship. And you took me to my game, watched my game, and then we headed right over to his game to watch him play. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, you you were you you were very good at that. Oh, yeah, and then I even mean, with Josh in football, because I wasn't. It was cold. I, I, you know, I wasn't going. Yeah, man. <laughs> and Josh went, and Josh with baseball, and then you know, yeah, uh, even though Josh baseball didn't last long, Josh was always afraid of getting hit by the ball. <laughs> I'm like, bro, you can't be afraid to get hit by the ball. You, if you're afraid to get hit by the ball, you ain't gonna hit mm-hmm. the ball. So that ain't last long. Even even with me and um sports broadcasting, like I remember to this day, like how you, I remember it was like I, it was I think it was like a Sixers Timberwolves game. We was this was in the the Sickler house. I was watching in your room, and you was like, Teroy, I'm gonna be real with you. You're not gonna make it to the league because you you're gonna be short. But he was like, you like to talk and you like sports. So sports broadcasting might be the way to go. Because he hey, was like, the way to go. if you got a dream, if you're thinking about going to the pros, you, you might, you, it's not happening. No, man, man. You know, come on. You my size. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of the reasons I ain't played college basketball. I'm like, listen, I'm 5'6". I mean, I'm good, but uh-huh. I've seen some good players. <laughs> so, yeah, let me, let me. Let me work on something else. <laughs> I think you got to know your strengths and your weaknesses, and I think that's an important piece. Knowing what you're good at, knowing what you're not good at, trying to improve upon those things you're good at, and trying to just be adequate with those things that you're not good at. So what are your strengths and weaknesses as a parent? Strengths, sometimes I can be a little, sometimes I can be a little tough. Um, that could be a weakness, or it could be a strength. It, it really depends. And sometimes I'm a little easy. That could be a weakness and that could be a strength. You know, it depends on the person. Um, I mean, I think all three of my kids have grown up. I don't think they are where they want to be right now, but they're on that way. And so that's all you can ask for. You know, everyone is not the same. Everyone's not going to come out 
of school and they're going to be making six figures and not to say that money is everything, but you know, that you, you do need money to survive, but, um, everybody's working. Everybody's staying out of trouble. Um, everybody has a significant other except for the youngest one. So <laughs> he'll get there one day. He said money, money is his significant other right now. He's basically. Chilling. Basically, that's it, and that's that's cool. Know, and that's if ain't no wrong with that. No, if that's because women are expensive. Oh yeah, they expensive. They drain your pockets real quick. Oh yeah, I'm, I was just talking. As a matter of fact, I had a, a guest speaker in my class this week, and they were this, all the females in the class were admiring her for her nails, and so then I started looking around at the females in my class, and all of them had nails. Mm-hmm. And I'm like well, how much does this cost? And they were saying, well, you know, it costs this, it costs that. I'm like, dang, I'm glad I ain't had no daughters. going to spend all this money on nails. (laughs) You got to spend money on hair. You got to spend money on manicures and pedicures. I'm like, no. Only thing I had to spend on was haircuts. (laughs) Do you so... Like that. Let's get on. Let's touch on that real quick. Do you wish you had a daughter? You no, just, yeah. Okay. So I'm you good. ain't. You ain't because I know the daughter and my and your mom would not be getting along. That is. Uh, you think you had it bad? Yeah, that is facts. Yeah, because she they'd be would. fighting, and then I'm gonna have to be the person that got to be in the middle of it, and then I'm gonna be the bad guy either on one end or the other. <laughs> mm. Okay. <laughs> Do you wish so after you had three? Because originally it wasn't supposed to be any of us. So well, that's according to mom. Yeah, according to according to mom. Do you wish that you know, you would have like an another kid, or you was happy with the? Three oh, I'm good. Three of y'all was enough. I mean, we used to have the double double stroller, double carriage, where we'd have one in the front and one in the back. Yeah, because y'all kind of had us like back to back, and yeah. then you took a little break between me and every, Josh, and I was wasn't like, that much of a break. Like every fifteen, sixteen months. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, I mean, you, yeah, you're right. I mean, you what? 30, 32. 32. Josh, what? 28, yeah. 29? He 28. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Yeah, like every 16 months, bad boys was popping out. So, like, was that like, was it like, okay, like a certain amount of kids or it just happened? It just happened. Home, and home. after three, you was like, I'm, I'm done. My mom was done. But you, so you would have had more. Not necessarily, because y'all expensive. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that infamil, I mean, I was working three jobs trying to, because mom wasn't working for a while, for a few years, as a matter of fact. So I was working like three jobs. So let's touch on that. Like how, when she wasn't working for a few years, was that stressful? How how did you manage that? Or it was just? No, it wasn't stressful. Like I said, I worked three jobs. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You got to do what you got to do. So I worked three jobs because I had, uh, as a matter of fact, I was a, my second job was a pizza, pizza delivery person. Mm-hmm. And so I can remember I would deliver the pizzas, get the tips, bring the tips home, and then mom would take the tips and go out and buy your diapers or go out and buy your Infamil. Right. Wasn't no stress to it. That's what needed to be done. Mm-hmm. I mean, she was home for like five years because I think that was during the time she was taking care of Emmanuel and then Josh came along. Now, was it something to where like, because she'd been a stay-at-home mom or you was like, yeah, you got to well, go back to work? She wanted to be a stay-at-home mom. But I'm like, listen, well, we, we African-American family. We ain't making money like that. I mean, you know, come on now. Jeez. You got to help a brother out here. <laughs> so she agreed. You know, because at the time while she was going, while she was home, she was also going to school Uh because I was working at a school. And so she was able to go and work on her degree for free. But, you know, after a while, it started getting a little too tight. I'm Uh like, y'all, sister girl, you're going to need to help a brother out here. You know, come on. What would you say would be your biggest sacrifice that you made as a parent? And and after that, I'm going to tell you what I think your biggest sacrifice was. Oh, the biggest sacrifice? I don't even know what the biggest sacrifice is because, like I said, you do what you have to do. And it, I don't know if it's necessarily a sacrifice. It's just a matter of this is what needs to be done, and I need to do it. But okay. you tell me, what, 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 was this, what was the biggest sacrifice? I think the biggest sacrifice was moving in the middle of the school year, going from, Flor- going from Jersey to Florida. But that wasn't a sacrifice. That was just 
uh, once again, you know, when individuals, like I said earlier, you have a goal. Mm-hmm. My goal was to eventually lead my own office, mm-hmm. be my be a director in working with multicultural first generation at risk students. And so this was an opportunity because I didn't see that opportunity happening in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. So, and plus I was tired of the cold. <laughs> I mean, one, those were two goals. One, tired of the cold. Well, that was the second goal. First goal was to leave my own office. And so this opportunity came up. And it's so interesting because the year the year before I applied for this job, I met the individuals at the University of Central Florida at a conference in Chicago. Mm. And you know, I saw the job and then I went back. I'm like, I met people from UCF because I'd never even heard of UCF before. So I met people from UCF and I went back into my cards and there it was, you know, all the people that I had met at this conference. And, and now here I am applying for a job at that place. So, Hey, but I, I don't, I mean, yeah, I think it was more of a sacrifice for, everybody else in the family, not necessarily for me mm. because that was just part of my goal. That was one of my goals. So the rest of the family had to sacrifice because you were leaving your friends. Um, you know, you were leaving basically the only state that you knew mm-hmm. to go to a new place that you didn't know. Mm-hmm. Um, How important is, having a community to help you raise your kids. Cause I know before, uh, like, um, uncle Marshall and them left, we was always over there a lot. And then we had miss Marielle and everything like that. Oh, you need a community. You need people to help you out. Cause you know, raising kids ain't easy. So sometimes you need a break. Mm-hmm. You need to. And uh, even with, um, you know, you guys would go visit out Leslie for a week or two weeks or I something me- like that. that. That's a break. <laughs> that's a break. So you need that community to help you get through the tough times. And then you also provide your kids with an opportunity to meet other people. So you guys are relatively close with your cousins um, on your mom's side. I mean, you're close to your cousins on, on my side as well, but you spent time with them. And so all of those things are just important. That's community, part of community and part of family. I think, as it, I think when we were younger, we were closer to um, the relatives on, my, on on mom's side. But as we got older, it flipped. Well, that's because you spent a lot of time younger um, down there. Uh-huh. And we would go and, you know, times were tight. So for us, many times, that would be our vacation uh-huh. where uh-huh. we would go to Virginia or, you know, the times when we would come down here to Florida and we would come and stay at the um, timeshare and the, all of the families would be together, you know, so that's why, you know, you got to spend time with, with those relatives. And then the other family on, on my side, like my brother's family, they lived in Jersey for a while. Then they moved to Georgia. So you didn't get to see them as much, but you know, did you go to uncle Marshall? Um, when you first had, when you first had me, did you go to uncle Marshall for any, for like advice? Especially before I was born, like, did, did, they, did he give you any tips? Or was it like, hey, do I need to look out for this, look out for that? Or? Bro, I had no clue. Maybe. I don't know. That was 30 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 30, 32 to be exact. And then you got to add in when you find. So really, 33 Three. years yeah, Really, ago. 33. Yeah. About that. I mean, I probably have. I, clueless. The one thing I can say that I really... Uh, admire is I appreciate the hustle, but also appreciate how you treat mom. Cause it's a lot of like growing up. Right. I thought a two parent household was normal because <laughs> you know, I see it all I the know. time. And then when I get older and I, as, as I'm getting older, normal. I'm like, it's not it normal. not normal. And I'm just like, I really appreciate it. Cause like, yeah, I may have my struggles, but looking from you, I know how to treat a woman. Right. You know what I'm saying that now, if like, if you set, the right example. Right. But that also comes from your grandfather mm-hmm. who set the right example. And see, you know, that's why it's so important, you know, how the family is. You see that and then you emulate that. 
So, I mean, if if I had a father who was always hitting on his wife and so on and so forth, then I'm thinking, well, you know, maybe that's the way it's supposed to be. So then I'm going to do the same thing. And so, you know, how you treat your spouse is a lot of times what your kids see. And then sometimes kids will say, well, that is the, and I've had many students of mine say, well, based on my household, I now know what I don't want to do. Mm-hmm. And so I, I've also heard that as well. Yeah, because I would say that that would be like that. That would be probably one of the the main things. Like, I would never say like uh, I'm a big component of you. Always gave us what we needed, not necessarily always what we wanted. Yeah, because ain't always about what you want. Mm-hmm. You know, you get what you need: food, shelter, clothing. <laughs> you get food, you get shelter, you get clothing. Um, and then you also get to learn how to be obedient (laughs) because, you know, if you don't learn how to be obedient, then you're going to get out there. And when the police tell you to do something, you ain't going to do it. Uh And then one thing leads to another. I think my only, I want to say flaw, but the only thing I wish you did more was, um, maybe you did. I just don't remember it a lot was saying, I love you or saying, I'm proud of you. Like, I don't remember that a lot growing up. No, you probably didn't get that a lot. But then again, I probably could have said it more, but in growing up, I didn't hear that much. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking, okay, that's just the way it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. You know? But, you know, I'm proud of you. How's that? I'll say it now. Thank you. Hey, hey you know, be, it's, it's been a rough. It's, 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 it's been rough. How's, how's it been rough? Life is rough. Oh, yeah. Life is rough. Man, look. Sometimes I'll just be like, why y'all bring me here? I was just chilling. I was chilling where? In your nutsack. I was just chilling. Like, I was just chilling. (laughs) I was just chilling, man. Like, Uh, you had to to come out, bro. You can't stay there forever. But, you know, one, life is what you make it. And then life is one of those things, whereas, um, you know, if you make a mistake and then you turn around and do the same thing, expect a different result, that's what they call a fool. And so everyone's going to make mistakes. The key part is learning from your mistakes to not make them again. But, yeah, you're right. Life ain't easy. And as an African-American male in this country, it's even more difficult. So that means you got to be on the top of your game. And you got to make it work because you're not necessarily going to get the breaks that everyone else does. But when that break does come, you got to be ready. Mm -hmm. You got to be prepared. That's why you got to prepare yourself because when that break does come, then you got to jump on it because that might be the only break you get for the rest of your life. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Because other people might get five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine breaks. Mm Mm-hmm. You might only get one. That's it. And that could be through a network. That could be through a person you meet. That could be someone listening to you. And they'd be like, oh, man, yeah, we, yeah, we, we, we got a job for you. You know, we heard you. I remember one time, and this was right after I graduated from college, right? And I was, I used to be a radio uh, newscaster reporter. And I was on the air and I was reading the news. And this is, I had just graduated. And I was, this is my first job. I might have been there six or seven months. And I finished the news up, and this guy calls me out of the blue. He says, listen, I just finished, I've been listening to your newscast for several weeks now, and we want to offer you a job. I'm like, really? I didn't take it because I had just gotten to this job. Mm -hmm. But... <clears throat> who knows who that could have been mm-hmm. someone listening to you and they realize, man, this, this kid's got talent. Let, let, let's see what we can do with it. But you know, you just never know who's listening. That's why you got to keep hustling. Uh, you know, I tell people keep praying because you just never know when that opportunity is going to come. And when it comes, bam, you got to jump on it. All right. Um, so we're going to go into my, my uh final segment of the show. Um so let me ask you three questions. First question. 
since you have three kids, I want you to give us three funny dad stories that's happened. Three? Yeah. Because <laughs> you, you're, you're the most seasoned person I've had on this podcast so far, so I need three. You sure you want uh, three? Yeah, three. Uh, I don't know if I can give you three. I'll give you, uh, let me see. Let's start with one on okay. you. Okay. Um, you were acting up in school <laughs> when we were in middle school. <laughs> and so, you know, the teachers would always call me. They wouldn't call mom because mom told him to call his dad. So I was working at the College of New Jersey, and you were in Willingboro. <clears throat> and it was like a 30-minute drive. And so they call. So the teacher says, oh, Taroy is acting up. And um, I don't know what to do. I said, I'll be down there. So I told my boss, listen, I got to go to my kid's school. Uh, I'll be back in about an hour. He's like, all right. I go down there, and the door was open. So, you know, I, and so, you know, at that time, you know, I could just, I think I might have checked into the school. I wasn't sure if I had signed in or not, or I just walked. I knew where your class was. So the doors open, and, <laughs> and you were still acting up 30 minutes later after I had gotten there, right? And so you just acting up, being, being a clown like you were sometimes in school. And so you still acting up, talking, and then all of a sudden I just stand in front of the door and you turn around and look at me and it's just like you had a big lump in your throat. <laughs> you like, oops, uh-oh. And I just, you know, give you that index finger like, come here. <laughs> I said, listen, don't you ever have me to come leave work to come down here again. <laughs> no more problems. Because <laughs> you ain't never know when I was going was going to show up. I used to hate those days. That's right, man. Oh, man, I used to hate those That's days. That's what you got to do. Sometimes you just got to leave work and show up. Show these kids, listen. You ain't putting up with no foolishness. You ain't got no time for that. That's one. I'm trying to think. Oh, <laughs> another one. <laughs> another one. I'm not going to say which kid, but this kid... Um, we had left my uh, matter of fact, I was working that day. I was at work. Mom with me cause she was studying for her for some exam. And so I was about ready to leave work and I get this call and it's a policeman. And I'm like, what's a policeman calling me? One of our kids had gotten our keys and decided that they were going to go on a joy ride. <laughs> yeah. I don't remember who that was. I know it wasn't me, but I don't remember. I'm trying to think. So like, I know who it was. I'm trying to think. <laughs> and the policeman. <laughs> I know. I remember now. Oh, my gosh. I remember this. And the policeman called me and said, hey, listen, I'm with the sheriff's department. And um, if you come get the kid, he won't have to go to jail. But you're going to need to get here quickly because if the if the town, if the town police come, they're going to end up taking him to jail. So I had to call mom in the library. I said, listen, I ain't got time for you to ask no questions. Just get your stuff because we got to go somewhere. So we end up going. So That's <laughs> big for her because she, she, she got tons of questions. She got tons of questions. <laughs> you know, we, we're on a tight time frame here. So anyway, we get there, and he's sitting in the back, got handcuffs. <laughs> I start laughing. <laughs> <laughs> start laughing. <laughs> start laughing at his pain. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I started laughing. So and like I wasn't laughing outside. I was laughing, laughing inside. inside. So outside you was upset, but inside you was cracking up. Oh yeah. <laughs> Boy sitting in the back of a police car with handcuffs on. Mm-mm-mm. Shame, shame, shame. Ain't have to worry about that again. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Next time, make sure you got a license. We'll end it. We'll, 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 we'll stop with you. That was funny. I forgot all about that. Oh, I, I know forget. I had my struggles, but I forgot all about that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, If you have to give any advice for any current dads, any soon-to-be dads, what would it be? Love your kids. Realize they ain't perfect. They're going to make mistakes, but love them anyway. And so that means that, you know, Love can, you know, love is that action thing. So love is something you do. So that's why, you know, when Troy mentioned I go to the basketball games, that was important for me to try to make sure that I went to everybody's game because that way they knew 
that they had my support. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the football games, even though it was cold, we was up north back that time. It was cold, but you know, you dress warmly, you go to the game. So, but yeah, that I think that is the key thing. And then also love your spouse or if you are a baby daddy, you know, try to have a good relationship with that person that had your kids. And I know sometimes that can be difficult, but somehow, some way you got to work that out because what your kids see is what they emulate. And so if they see fighting and arguing all the time, guess what? That's probably what they're going to do when they grow up. Because what a lot of people don't understand is that many times you end up marrying someone who's like your parents. That's facts. That so, for facts. example, if you're a guy, you're probably going to end up marrying someone that's similar to your mother in some cases. Not in all cases, but in some cases. And so, you know, what you see, how you treat them is really going to be you know, what they grow up to be. Because the reality is we want our kids to to do well, um, to be an, an attribute to society. And this is the one of the ways, and it starts in the home. You know, I think one of the issues that we have now is the home, specifically the home in the African-American community is fractured. And because it's fractured, we see all of these issues and problems going on with our kids and going on in our community because you know, the family is not as strong as it used to be because the family is key to, I think, to just about everything. Uh-huh. And so strong families equal strong kids. But as I said before, not in all cases because, yes, you grew up in a two-parent household, but there are plenty single parents out here who have raised great kids and that's because those parents did everything they could to help them they probably had individuals who were relatives that would assist as well and so you know they were raised they were raised well and they ended up doing well so i think those were the key things i would okay yeah the support definitely was big because i even when i started uh sports broadcasting uh the games at fam I was like, nobody else is going to listen. I know my dad's going to listen. Yeah, I know that's I'll be listening to you. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I know that for a fact. <laughs> yeah, I'll be trying to pull those games up on the on the internet. I know, like I knew that for a fact. I was like, nobody else going to listen. That's right. They was like, do you even know who listens? I was like, my dad. I know he's listening. If nobody else is listening, I know he's listening. Yeah, that's right. I was listening so I could critique you. So, um, all right. So this is going to be a little bit different. Uh, because we don't really have any bunch of really struggles no more, so we'll go off some old. Some um, old, yeah. So pick a time where it was like a struggle in a household when it came to raising any three of us, how it was handled, <laughs> and versus the right way you think you should have handled it and how you actually handled it. Oh, look, that's easy. I remember mom and I had a disagreement on whether y'all should walk when we were living in Willingboro, whether y'all should walk to school. So I was like, yeah, let them go. You know, I forget how old y'all. Y'all were like middle school or something like that. And they'll walk to school. And she was like, no, I can't have my kids walking to school by themselves. I said, they're not walking by themselves. It's three of them or two of them. They all walking together. Yeah, it was just, 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 yeah, this was sick level. It wasn't Willingboro because the school was too far away, but this is definitely sick level. No, it was Willingboro. Really? Yeah. We wasn't walking to school. Willingboro, the school was too far. Well, yeah, y'all did walk. Oh, really? I don't remember walking in one, but I remember walking in Sickleville all the time. You were, They rode the bus. Toroy rode the bus, but oh. the other two, I think. Oh, yeah, I did go to a school that was farther. That's yeah. right. Yeah. So, so, Mom and I had a disagreement about that, and we got it resolved. <laughs> I can't even remember if y'all walked or not. Oh. Oh, yeah, they went to the before and after school program, so y'all still didn't end up walking. Uh, okay. But we got to resolve. Okay. But How important is it to resolve those struggles? It's always important to resolve them. And you might not always agree. Sometimes you just got to agree to disagree, and you just leave it at that. Um, because, you know, you're going to have differences. You know, one person might have been raised one way, one person might have been raised another way, mm-hmm. but... The thing is, you don't you don't turn that 
as I think my mom used to say, turn that molehill into a mountain. Mm-hmm. You don't take that little small thing and then let it grow into a big thing. So, you know, just, okay, we agree to disagree. Okay, let's move on. Okay. That's what you do. All right. Um, before we wrap it up, man, I have to, um, there's this new company out called Ello Puppet. It's the new black-owned diaper that's about to hit the market. All new and expecting parents will be able to purchase sample packs in size one. So if you're going to a baby shower next year, and this would be a great gift to buy. Um, when I have kids, I will be supporting a black-owned diaper business, see how good they are. So I, I suggest y'all do the same. Um, Hold up. So what they they uh, ship the diapers to your house or something like that? I don't know. I gotta get I get I gotta get all the details, y'all. Oh, okay. I don't know that yet. But it's lopuppet.com. I'm gonna put that in the description down below, and also I'm gonna put their Instagram down below as well. Um, hopefully, I appreciate you getting on. Uh, hopefully, this is the first step. A few times you get on. Um, we'll talk some other stuff next time. Um, once again, man, y'all can follow me, uh, Baby Daddy Chronicles Pod. On Instagram, Baby Daddy Chronicles Podcast at gmail.com. Um, I don't say what's so funny. Like, I just don't. The Baby Daddy Chronicles. Hey, man, listen, this is fathers need their stories told too, okay? Oh, I agree. It's just so funny. <laughs> but see, everybody's a baby daddy, though. Whether your husband, your dad, you got a baby, you a baby daddy. Yeah, I know. That's how that man. works. And there's plenty of babies out here. Plenty of them. Too much, really. But, mm, you know. Um, until. The next time I drop episode, man. Peace. Well, I ain't no bad. That's just my baby. Baby daddy crying. As a father, guess I feel like I'm somebody My life is my kid, so I tell about it And I swear it's all about that Baby daddy, I ain't a baby daddy I ain't a baby daddy Baby daddy, baby daddy I ain't a baby daddy I ain't a baby daddy Baby daddy Baby daddy, call me daddy.